Hello, everybody. Welcome to Legally Armed America's High Capacity Podcast. I am, of course, Paul Glasgow, joining you once again to try to pass on a little bit of (laughs) hopefully good news. We've got a lot of things to talk about today, and I try to fit these podcasts into 30-minute segments. And unfortunately, I have to start to show off with some somewhat bad news, or some very bad news, I should say. Uh, Sitka and KUIU founder Jason Hairston is, uh, has passed on at a very young age of 47. If you're not familiar with Jason, Jason was a big-time outdoorsman. He also played a little football, uh, I think, with the 49ers and the Broncos. I think his season was, uh, or his career, rather, was a couple of years. Uh, but I think, at least in my world, even though I am a big football fan, Jason was much more well-known in the outdoor world. He was a big-time hunter, uh, archery long guns and he actually founded let me find my notes here he founded Sitka in um, gosh when did he found Sitka uh, well he founded KUIU in 2010 but he had founded Sitka prior to that and sold it uh, yeah here we go he started his first sporting goods company Sitka in 2005 and later sold the operation to WL Gore and Associates before establishing KUIU um, says on here that he's known for his unique style of camouflage patterns and ultralight gear. Um, in 2016, actually, guys, the, the KUIU sales were topping out at $50 million. So Hairston was no dummy. Um, he had good business sense. He knew what looked good. He knew what worked. Because he was a hunter and because he was an outdoorsman, he knew what the outdoorsman wanted. And that was probably his biggest benefit, that he wasn't some CEO coming in, donning the outfit and putting the tactical gear on and acting like he was something that he wasn't. He designed things and sold things that he wanted and that he used. Um, Not that Donald Trump Jr. is a big outdoorsman, but he is an outdoorsman, uh, for those of you that don't know. And that was actually one of Harrison's friends. And uh, again, I'm, I'm not saying that that makes Hairston a legit dude, but uh, you know, Donald Trump Jr., for all you might think or know or don't about the Trump family, Trump Jr. is a pretty avid outdoorsman. Uh, and, and again, those two guys were buddies. But again, that doesn't add to his credibility or it doesn't make his credibility, it adds to his credibility. But Hairston is gonna be missed in the, uh, in the outdoor community. I can tell you, if you get a chance to go look at some of uh, SUIU's or Sitka's uh, camo patterns, you're gonna see what I'm talking about. Very, very unique style of uh, camo patterns and they blend really, really well with their surroundings. It's funny, if you look at pictures that are just kind of like selfie type pictures with the uh, uh, KUIU gear in it, it's funny because you're gonna, you'll realize looking at the pictures, wow, <laughs> that camo really blends with the backgrounds. So it's very unusual. Um, Hairston did take his own life uh, just to give you a slight bit of background, and I don't mean this in any disrespect to his family, uh, our prayers and wishes definitely go out to them. They, uh, this is a story that we hear all too often, uh, everywhere between, I, I guess mostly in the sports world. It sounds like uh, this is a um, kind of a trauma-induced suicide. He, uh, let's see, let me find it here in my notes. He struggled with chronic traumatic encephalopathy, uh, which is a degenerative brain disease often found in those with uh, repetitive brain trauma. 
you know, the concussion syndrome that we see in the NFL is, is it's real, man. I mean, there's a, a friend of ours that doesn't live far from here who was a fullback in the NFL. He played for the Indianapolis Colts. Actually, when they won their Super Bowl against the Chicago Bears, he played with them, Luke Lawton. Luke Lawton went to school not far from us uh, in high school, about an hour from here, and then he went to college right here in our own backyard in Lake Charles, Louisiana at McNeese State University. I uh, still think ULL, the University of Lafayette, is kicking them for not offering Luke a scholarship. But nevertheless, he came on to play for us over here at McNeese, and I'm grateful for that. And then he went on to, uh, as an undrafted free agent, went on to a good NFL career, again, as I said, with the Indianapolis Colts and with the uh, Raiders. So uh, he's been out of the sport for a little while. The reason why I bring that up is Luke is in the process of designing, I guess the best way to describe it is a smart helmet. This helmet can detect when air pressure in the pads in your helmet is lowering or gone away completely. And it can also um, monitor vital signs of the person wearing the helmet. Uh, Luke is working on this. The reason why Luke is working on this is the same way this kind of stuff was a big ha- uh, thing with Hairston because he did it. Well, Luke played ball, so Luke knows what he's looking for, and he's, you know, by his own admission, has suffered hundreds of concussions. So it's good to see somebody very similar to Hairston following somewhat in his footsteps by going into a field and trying to use the own, his own bad experiences or his own experiences, period, within an industry to try to improve upon the industry. Uh, And I bring all that up because I'm glad to see somebody trying to prevent these things that are happening where these men are taking their own lives like Hairston did. I mean, Hairston was a big, big addition to our industry. He was huge, you know. We respected what he did, how he did it, how he handled himself, how he ran his businesses. He was a true pro at it. And the fact that too many knocks to the head and the NFL not doing their job to try to prevent more of these things from happening. Unfortunately, these men are taking their own lives, and it's a sad thing because we're losing some very, very good people. So I would just like, once again, to send our prayers out to the Harrison family, all of his friends, the companies that he worked with and uh, people who worked with and for him. Uh, Big loss in the outdoor community, and uh, we will will remember uh, Mr. Harrison for quite some time now. And... uh, I, again, I can't say much about that. A good guy, man. Really good guy. I hate that we lost him. So anyway, let's move on to the next one. Uh, next topic that I have here. Okay, uh, we're in day or we're in day three today. We're in day four of the Kavanaugh hearings of Judge Brett Kavanaugh to become Supreme Court uh, Justice. You know, it's funny. I saw. I think it was um, Trey Gowdy made the comment, and he was spot on that something along the lines of it was pathetic to see how many of these Democrats, senators, that were up there jockeying for a position to see who would be the nominee in 2020 for the next presidential election. Because clearly that's what it is. These people, look guys, they know that they don't stand a chance at stopping Kavanaugh from being, being Supreme Court justice. He is going to be Supreme Court justice. That's like getting an accident and you lose your leg from the knee down and then you take the long way to the hospital. It doesn't matter that it took you longer or if you went shorter to the hospital, you still weren't gonna have a leg from the knee down. It doesn't change the outcome. It just took longer to get there. That's kind of what's happening right here. These Democrats know that with 51 
senators, uh, Republican senators, that Kavanaugh is going to be confirmed. It's going to happen. It's not a maybe. It's going to happen. And the two uh, fine young uh, Republican senators that um, they think are on the fence. I know one is Susan Collins, and I forget the other lady's name. They're not on the fence. They're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna vote for Kavanaugh. They're gonna confirm him. But it's just like a train wreck, a slow motion train wreck. Watching these Democrats step all over themselves. Uh, Cory Booker, uh, in a non-gun related comment, was trying to uh, do some racial profiling, uh, a hit job on Kavanaugh, and said that he was going to. He was announcing his very own Spartacus moment (laughs) Uh, by saying that he was going to release some previously confidential records and that he was going to suffer the consequences no matter what because he was releasing records that were not supposed to be released. This is where these guys blow my mind because they are complete and total liars and actors. He was saying that he was going to release records that was somehow going to put him in bad standing because he was breaking rules. Those same records had been released hours earlier to him, so he knew about it. It's not like they had been released and he didn't know, but he was acting like he was falling on his sword for the good of the people, and I'm going to suffer the consequences, and whatever the Senate has to do to me, even if it means me losing my position uh, as a senator, I'm willing to do it for the good of the people. Meanwhile, the records had already been released all along, And he was making absolutely no sacrifice whatsoever, but rather grandstanding to try to position himself for the nomination in the 2020 presidential election for the United States. The sad thing about it is that's almost like a person proclaiming how smart they are before they start a sentence. Like, hey guys, y'all know how smart I am. And then you pass on the information you're trying to disseminate. If it were a true I am Spartacus moment, you don't announce that. You hope that somebody else recognizes you for this bravery and massive effort that you just did. You hope somebody else sees that and says, that was your I am Spartacus moment. You don't come out and self-proclaim that it is your very own I am Spartacus moment. You see what I mean? What's self-grandizing? That's just... Pat me on the back because nobody else would. That's what your moment was. It, it was a look at me moment, not a Spartacus moment. You fell on your sword. There was no sword. That was a that was a freaking that was cotton candy you fell on. You know, you made no sacrifice whatsoever. You weren't recognized for it because everybody else knew that it wasn't a sacrifice. So you acted like you sacrificed. You lied about it, and then you called yourself out on it by making it look like you were this big, this this big person making this massive sacrifice in order to gain whatever with the American people. Everybody sees through it, Corey. You're a fool. Some of the other things, of course, Diane Feinstein continued on with her lies, talking about, uh, you know, assault weapons, quote, unquote, Dick Durbin said, wouldn't the common sense rule that you stressed in your opening statement at a time when so many innocent people are being killed with guns suggest that we ought to be mindful that the Second Amendment is not a suicide pact? Well, it's not a suicide pact, Mr. Durbin, so thank you for that. And these people continue to overlook the root cause. They continue to overlook the fact that 
we have so many people growing up in single families. Look, I've got a video out that proves all of this is true. I think 74% of people in prison that were convicted of a violent, violent crime grew up in a single family household. Okay, it's not the cart before the horse. You can say all you want that, well, you know, all people that grow up in single family households are, are you know, they, they're, uh, it's low poverty, low income and all that. Well, you know what, maybe it is. Maybe that's why all of these senators and all these representatives should spend a little more time trying to talk to the constituents about possibly keeping families together. Let's talk about family values for a change. Instead of talking about all this other garbage and trying to blame a gun, why don't we try to talk to our constituents about the importance of keeping a family together, of trying to keep the father figure in the house so that these young boys can grow up to be young men and not hoodlums. That would be a start. That would, be a, that would show me that you care about the American people and the people who vote for you instead of just worried about an agenda which includes guns. Let me look here. Uh, what was something else that I saw? Um, oh, Richard Blumenthal. If we could hear any more lies out of Richard Blumenthal, I would appreciate it. Richard Blumenthal is a fool also. This guy, look, Connecticut, I have lost so much respect for you people in Connecticut because you continue to elect these, these bumbling idiots. And Richard Blumenthal is one of them that you guys continue to keep out there. Richard Blumenthal made the... Uh, and remember, he's from the state that had the 2012 Sandy Hook shooting in it, right? He made the statement that I am, to Judge Kavanaugh, I quote, I am asking you to look at the real world with real impact, and I'm asking you to reconsider your dissent in hell or two and look at the impact on children, young children who have their whole lives ahead of them, as did those 26th graders in Sandy Hook. A ban on assault weapons may well have saved them. Let me refresh you guys' memory for a very quick moment. Again, this is Blumenthal saying that an assault weapons ban may have saved those kids. So he's blaming the AR-15. And look, guys, for the sake of this show, I'm, I'm, I'm referring to assault weapons. Uh, excuse me, I'm referring to AR-15s as assault weapons. That's because these guys are using that terminology to not have to bore you guys and take it uh, or the disclaimer every single time that I say assault weapons, I don't want to have to mention AR-15. So I'm using their terminology, even though it's incorrect. So that's why I wanted you to know that. But again, Blumenthal is telling Kavanaugh that he wishes he would be in favor, which they've said before that you should not be politicizing a justice seat, but they're asking him to be political and be anti-Second Amendment. They're asking him to be against the Second Amendment before he's even a justice to defend the Second Amendment. How crooked and backwards is that? But when he makes the, the comment that a, quote, assault weapons ban may have prevented Sandy Hook, let me remind you guys, and Mr. Blumenthal, if he would care to listen to this wonderful podcast, that there has been an assault weapons ban in effect since July 1st of 1994. Let me read this. Connecticut prohibits any person from possessing any assault weapon unless the weapon was processed prior to July 1st, 1994. And the possessor, one, was eligible to apply for a certificate of possession for the assault weapon by July 1, 1994. 
lawfully possessed the assault weapon prior to October 1st, 1993. Actually, I think that ban might have gone into effect in 93. Uh, or is not in violation, or I should say, and is not in violation of Connecticut General Statutes, blah, 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 blah. It goes on to talk about the assault weapon ban. What they're calling an assault weapon in the state of Connecticut that was, in fact, banned, any select fire, firearm capable of fully automatic, semi-automatic, or burst fire at the option of the user. So even though they mention select fire, they also mention the fact that if it is semi-automatic as well. Any semi-automatic centerfire rifle. Now that right there automatically classifies an AR-15 that was used in the Sandy Hook shooting. But any semi-automatic uh, centerfire rifle, regardless of the date produced, and that has the ability to accept a detachable magazine and has at least one of the following features, folding or telescoping stock, any grip of the weapon, including a pistol grip, thumbhole stock, or other stock that would allow an individual to grip the weapon resulting in any finger on the trigger hand in addition to the trigger finger being directly below any portion of the action of the weapon when firing. Three, a forward pistol grip. Four, a flash suppressor. Now a flash suppressor, let's, let's, let's be clear on this, that is not a suppressor. That is not a full-blown suppressor that you would have... Uh, um, acquired using a $200 tax stamp. They're calling a flash suppressor, it's pretty much a flash hider. It's simply a birdcage on the front of your, uh, your weapon. So don't, don't be fooled by the, uh, uh, the nomenclature here that for some reason we're talking about full-blown suppressors that somebody has already had an additional background check and paperwork done for. This is a standard birdcage that comes on any AR-15. Or five, a grenade or flare launcher. It just goes on, uh, let's see, they also define uh, assault weapon as semi-automatic pistol that has an ability to accept a detachable magazine, it has one at least of the following, it just goes on and on and on. Semi-automatic shotgun has both of the following, a folding telescoping stock or any grip of the weapon, including a pistol grip. Um, let's see, let me go down, go down, go down. My point to you is that Blumenthal is either ignorant or a liar because he brings up the fact that he thinks an assault weapons ban would have or could have prevented the Sandy Hook shooting that happened in his own state that at the time had an assault weapons ban. So either he does not know that his own state that he represents and that he supposedly lives in Either he did not realize they had an assault weapons ban and he's an ignorant fool or he knew that it did and still is grandstanding knowing full well that an assault weapons ban could not have, a federal assault weapons ban could not have prevented the Sandy Hook shooting because a state assault weapons ban did not prevent it. A ban is a ban is a ban. It doesn't matter who's giving you the ban or who's enforcing the ban. A ban is a ban. A ban on assault weapons is a ban on assault weapons. No matter what color hair the person is that tells you about it, no matter what color ink it is on paper, no matter whether it's a state ban or a federal ban, it is still a ban. So no other kind of ban would have prevented Sandy Hook. So Blumenthal is just a complete idiot. It's sad, guys, that we have to deal with this. I mean, the... And look, you, you guys know my opinion. I am certainly not saying that Republicans are immune to lying to people. 
But the Democrats are just so much more blatant about it. They're open about it. I think in many cases their constituents are either too stupid to do their own research or they don't want to do their own research. They're lazy. They would rather have a senator or congressperson lie to them and spoon feed them the lies and they don't have to go research it because if they don't research it, they don't have to find out that it's a lie. So at that point, they can just continue to lie about it and pass on that bad information. In other words, see no evil, hear no evil. If they don't know it's a lie, then they don't feel bad about passing that information on. They don't feel bad about getting on Facebook or social media and passing on that bad information because as long as they don't ever have to confirm in their own mind that it was in fact a lie, then they don't know it was a lie, so they feel innocent. They feel like there's a little bit of innocence tied to passing that lie on. Very pathetic, very pathetic, very lazy. You know, you can fault Republicans for being just as naive and just as foolish and just as deceitful in many cases as Democrats, at least as far as politicians go. But as far as people go, conservatives who make up most of the Republican voting base are not near as lazy. And conservatives are embarrassed to pass on bad information. They will do their own due diligence and their own investigation and their own research to try to find out if the information they're passing on is real or not, or is true or not. I've actually seen social media posts where you have some kind of, like, a, a hot topic will happen. And some kind of trigger-happy um, Republican or conservative will just grab this bogus news story and hurry up and spread it and pass it on. And as soon as I will look at it, I'm like, oh, that doesn't sound right. That doesn't sound like that would have really happened. And before I can go look down in the comment section, I'll glance down in there. And sure enough, you know, four, five, six other conservative, conservatives have already called them out and said, that's not true. That's not what happened. So conservatives will typically correct themselves and correct our own party and call out our own party. Democrats never do that. Never do that. In fact, you will see Democrats will defend themselves. They'll defend their own party. They'll defend the liars within their own party based on bad information. It really is, again, from a political standpoint, I've got very little respect for any politician. I don't care what letter is behind his name, his or her name. It doesn't matter to me. I put most of them, if not all of them, in the same category. I feel like if you're not corrupt before you get to D.C., you will be corrupt once you leave D.C. So I don't think it's possible to go through the political system in this country and not be corrupted. I just believe that's the way it is. But I think the people who vote for these politicians or very, very different. I do not put them all in the same category. I know we share a lot of the same things and a lot of the same dislikes and, and likes and the way we argue is very much the same, but I can promise you there's a distinct difference between those two. So when I see these lies about the Second Amendment and about all of these things that the Democrats are putting forth to try to, I don't even want to say try to derail the confirmation of of, uh, of, of, of Kavanaugh because Kavanaugh is going to be, they know Kavanaugh is going to be confirmed. But they put all these lies out there knowing that some of their stupid constituents are going to believe them and that's what they're going to take to the polls in 2020, maybe even later in 2018, to try to help the Democrats retake the House and against make their uh, the Senate as well, but to try to make their push again against the Second Amendment. That's what scares me. You know, it scares me because 
So many on the left are too lazy and will not take the time to call out their own politicians who are lying to them. And those lies are the, the, the ammunition that they're going to use to try to help attack the Second Amendment in the, the later the elections later this year, November, and then again in 2020. So it's, it's troubling to me to see this because it's so easy to do your own research. Look, I have very little confidence in Google as anti-gun and anti-Second Amendment as they are. But you know what? It doesn't take much in Google searches, whether you like them or not, to find the truth in all of these gun lies. Because Google cannot suppress all of the factual data out there on the Internet that pertain to guns. They, they may try. They may try to bury it. They may try to push it down in the Google searches much further down so that you have to dig to find it. But you can dig to find it. So it's just simply a matter of being lazy. So I just want to encourage all of us out there that, look, if you hear something from a Second Amendment standpoint that doesn't sound right, do your own research. And by the same token, if it sounds too good to be true and it's something in favor of the Second Amendment, let's be responsible about it and do our own research to confirm whether or not that good news is as good as it sounds so that we're not in the, put in the same boat as these lying Democrats and lying people on the left to disseminate bad information. That's just not, it's not good for our cause. You know, I know you hear the phrase, take the higher ground, and I think in this case we should take the higher ground. Um, sometimes I do believe we need to get down the trenches and get nasty and fight just like the Democrats do. But in terms of information, I feel like we still retain the sense of credibility as long as we maintain that, uh, that desire to seek out the truth, whether it's in our favor or not. That's very, very important to me. Well, guys, I'm going to try to wrap this thing up. I try to keep these things right at half an hour. Uh, I don't want to bore you too much. I would, again, like to encourage you guys to visit people that help us out. Gallo Technologies, they make some awesome wall panels. If you've ever seen any of the pictures of my gun room for Legally Armed America, you will see that. Gallo Technologies make the greatest gun panels and gun hangers you're ever going to find. I know this because I looked at their competitor stuff before I even chose Gallo. And uh, Gallo was my choice. And lucky I was just, luckily, I was just fortunate enough to uh, get Gallo's support. And Brent over there is a huge partner of ours, and I can tell you they make the best stuff. If you want to help secure your room a little bit better, whether you want a big room that's just decked out from ceiling to floor, wall to wall with all your panels, or you just have, you know, a three-foot-by-two-foot area that you want to hang a couple of handguns or magazine racks or something like that, you can do that with Gallo Technology. Go to gallotechnologies.com. Check those guys out. Also want to give a shout-out to our firearms, or excuse me, our ammunition sponsor. Without these guys, we couldn't shoot the guns as much as we want to. That's Armscore Ammunition. Uh, Armscore Ammunition supplies us with all of our handgun ammunition and our 5.56 ammunition. And I can tell you that um, I, I sought them out as well because their, their ammo is so consistent that I felt like if I were going to do the gun reviews that we do, that I needed something that was going to be pretty consistent and something that I could trust. Because if I was going to have malfunctions with a particular gun, I wanted to know that it was, in fact, the gun, not the ammo. If you have very inconsistently loaded ammunition, you're never going to know if you had a, a, a poorly loaded round that for some reason just uh, caused the gun to malfunction. So you may be giving the gun a black eye when, in fact, your ammo was too inconsistent and not the right ammo. 
And by using ArmScore ammunition, I know that I'm getting extremely consistent ammo because I have chronoed their ammo and I shoot it all the time and I know how consistent it is. I know what to expect when I open up that little box. So I really like those guys. And again, we could not shoot the, the videos and shoot the guns in the videos as often and as much as we do had it not been for, if it was not for our friends over at ArmScore Ammunition. Good guys over there. We really respect that company and are so happy to have them on board with us. Uh, Drago gear also, Drago bags are some of the best tactical bags out there. You can find them in Academy. Um, definitely check those guys out. They make some of the best bags. If you ever see us with a bag slung over our shoulder, it's going to be a Drago bag because they're huge supporters of our show and we certainly appreciate them. Also want to give a real quick shout out to some of our other guys. Victos brand, tactical gear. They make great tactical gear. We love their gloves. That's what really attracted us to them, but they also make awesome footwear and some of their caps are really cool. Uh, very kind of hip looking caps that we like to wear, but very durable and good for the outdoor um, uh, industry to, uh, to be wearing. I really like them, you know, look really nice and they hold up really, really well. Guys, if you get a chance, please go out to proveit.video. That's not proveit.com now, it's proveit.video, proveit.video. Um, brand new video and picture hosting site. It's kind of a combination between YouTube and Instagram where you can post videos and um, pictures. Create your own profile, upload your own videos. You can go out there and comment on everybody else's videos. This site was just launched about a week, week and a half ago to a soft launch. And uh, what we're trying to do is populate it with some people out there to kind of give us, uh, I guess you would call some, some beta testing, some live beta testing. So if you get a chance, go out there and help us live beta test, prove it.video. You're gonna see a lot of the Legally Armed America videos out there. But upload your own and utilize a bunch of the functions and features of Prove-It.Video. Let them know how it works, what you think of it. If you feel like it could be improved in any kind of way, let them know because there will be a very hard launch in about a week or two where we will basically be telling the whole world uh, through press releases and whatnot that Prove-It.Video is now in existence. So if you get a chance, go use it now in the early stages so you can check it out early on and I think you'll be happy with it. Uh, we want to get away from YouTube eventually because they're very, very anti-gun. And of course, we want to replace the Facebook component of posting pictures by being able to post pictures on ProveIt.Video as well. So we hope you guys will check it out. Thanks, guys. We will see you tomorrow. This, again, is the Legally Armed America High Capacity Podcast. We appreciate you guys hanging out with us as we deliver our own vulgar display of common sense. Thanks, guys.